cleared into the empty net, but I don't think there was time left. And the Florida Panthers are going to win this one by the skin of their teeth. The Leafs had some chances late in the game, but not enough. And an old nemesis in Sergei Bobrovsky stands tall. Fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Yeah, that, no, that, that counted. Sam Reinhart with the uh, empty, empty netter, uh, Florida Panthers. Continuing their dominance over the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3-1 victory on uh, home opener day, banner-raising day, despite having a bunch of guys out of the lineup that were a part mm-hmm. of that five-game series victory, and uh, and the Maple Leafs were a lot sounder defensively, Brent. Yeah, sure. But for the second consecutive game, they only managed one goal, and, and all of the equity built up by, hey, it wasn't the, the cleanest brand of hockey they played through the first two games, but got four points. And it's like, now you can really start buckling down yeah. and looking like your serious self. Well, all that equity is, has now been uh, thrown out the window the last couple games. Yeah, it does, does feel that way. I mean, boy, uh, there's a lot of different versions of this. Of Boy, how many times have we seen the Leafs play that game? Mm. That's, a, that's a classic of the genre, of come out slow, have the game go away from you. Couple of frustrating goals go in, and that's not to put it on Samsonov. I thought he was good last night. And then as the game builds, you actually find some momentum and find some life, and you you can point to moments in the second and third period and say, ah, that's what it looks like when this team turns it on. That's what it looks like when the ice is tilted for them. And that's what it looks like walking away with nothing to show for it because you shot yourself in the foot to to start that game. And it just seems like... We've seen this so many times. And, uh, you know, this, a bit of a slow start for the first minute or two, sure. Banner raising night, you got to sit around. It's 100 years. The team sure, just beats you. Sure. 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 But there there can't be an excuse for that every single night. You know what it's like? Again, Jay's Leafs comparables. How many times we come on here and go, oh, you got to tip your hand to the opposing pitcher. Not not every night. That's not. And you don't have to. you don't have to start slow every day. Starting slow, they've given up the first goal in all four hockey games. So I'm doing two things here. I'm balancing like early season and, you know, like, remember, and we just talked yesterday to Damian Cox about how was, hey, Sheldon Keefe on the hot seat early Mm -hmm. on in the season. They were 4-4-1 and boy, did they bounce back in a big time way. And they were the team we expected them to be going into the playoffs, won a first round series. So there's the balancing act of that being the reality. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it is, is if you are one of the elite teams in the National Hockey League, if you're the best team in the Atlantic, you're allowed to look like the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. Thank you. To start the season. That's allowed. <laughs> what when has that ever been the case for this Leafs team out of the shoot? Like, never. Nope. And, and this could have been the year. I get it. They're integrating some new pieces. And, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi's not 100% healthy and maybe not a fit early on. And Max Domi mm-hmm. trying to figure out his... So what? Yep. The four guys making a quadrillion dollars are still there, and they've mm-hmm. been various levels of good. But, okay, it's four games. It's early. I get it. And, and you, you know, you've racked up some points early on. Now you got a, a divisional opponent on Saturday, plus the Atlantic is a whole lot better. Like, the idea that you can – there's a bunch of cupcakes on the schedule. That's not true nope. either. You're allowed to look like the team you're supposed to look like. They do not look like it. It is – so frustrating. It is the thing. And I think the reason why everyone was a little hesitant to do this is because it's kind of hard to do the, 
hey, the superstars need to grab the game by the throat show when the superstar of the team had two hat tricks to start right. the season. I think that's the other part of it is that that does, and granted the fashion they came in, maybe don't wait until the last minute to score two of those three goals, but hey, you did it. Whatever. Good on you. I think that's also coloring a bit of this. The fact that there has been, I don't want to call it overreaction, but such big reactions at the start of every year, and they all end the same with the exception of last year where they finally got over the hump. I think a lot of that is coloring people's ability. But I think a lot of people, uh, I'll speak for myself, but I imagine a lot of people are feeling the same sentiment of like gritting their teeth through the, okay, it's early. Okay, Tyler Uh. Bertuzzi is probably banged up dealing with something okay max domi's a new piece fine fine we're running out of leg room for that or runway here for them to have the and i don't even want one game i want a stretch i want a week or two where yeah. it looks like and that doesn't look, but a game would be a good, good a ga- start that is as good a place to start as any and you know what sheldon Keith's gonna say we'll hear from him later or maybe a second here of well you know the second and third period were better that's uh-huh. a start start winning your shifts and then you win periods and then you win games okay great you w- there is so much talent here and hey you and i said we want the mitch marner game i don't know that that was quote unquote the mitch marner game uh-huh. but he was much better i think sure. he was best leaf on the ice last night a lowish bar in mm. my opinion but uh, matthews is pretty good too. matthews is good but that I guess I'm already taking him for granted. Matthews was great, but I do think Marner was the better leaf last night. I think he, yeah. I, and I, and I wanted that from him. I want and I'm not just saying that because he got the goal. I felt like he had, he looked a lot more dangerous than he had in the first couple of games, but yeah, I'm with you. They need to put a stamp on this division. They need to put a stamp, forget about the division on themselves. What is this team right now? It is sketchy goaltending. It is a wayward defense. And it is a forward group of superstars that can look great for a couple of shifts. Yeah. But there never seems to be the momentum building, building, building to the point where it seems like the ice is completely slanted. Well, and some tentative players, too. Totally. Like, like Max Domi. And I get it. I understand yeah. why he's tentative because he knows his reputation. He knows the things that he's being asked to do. He knows what's going to keep him on the ice and was not on the ice for a goal against somehow magically one of the few leaf forwards without a, a minus next to his name but this is this is a guy that yeah he looks like he's afraid to make a mistake i i would say that honestly Sheldon Keefe kind of looks like a guy that's already in desperation mode. You look at the minutes distribution and the number of minutes that Matthews and Marner are getting i get it like again balancing two things mm-hmm. like they're the two best players on this and they play in all situations power play and now penalty kill and boy mm, what it looks the, like the power kill from austin matthews looks yep. spec freaking tacular but this is a guy who's coming off a season not being 100 percent. he's had multiple not serious injuries but injuries throughout mm-hmm. the course of his entire career and you're playing him 25 minutes a game in in game four of the season this does feel like a guy in sheldon keefe who who understands that there's, and he said it after the game, that what's the, the remedy for the new players? Well, time. And that's just games, but that's also time on the ice. And Max Domi, to his credit, I guess, is what, not getting 11 minutes? Yeah. He's getting 13 yep. yesterday. But it, we're, we're, we're seemingly in the mold of Sheldon Keefe. No research and development here. It is, hey, what's the best chance I have to win the hockey game, which is obviously 
Matthews and Marner the most minutes mm -hmm. every single game. Is that the best interest of this hockey team to be where they want to be at the end of the season and into the postseason? I'm not so sure. No, I don't think it is either. I this just kind of occurred to me. I don't know. I don't know if this is the way he's doing it or why he's doing it this way, but I do wonder what part of it is. Okay, you saw Matthews go steal that game for you in the opener. You then saw him have a hat trick in the very next game. What's all the talk been about, about maturity and realizing who they are and peak of their powers and all this stuff is, I do wonder how much it's Sheldon Keefe saying, you go pull these guys into the fight. I'm going to throw you out there because yeah. quite honestly, you for, not to say there haven't been moments you like from other players on this team. Hey, Noah Gregor, he's looking pretty good, honestly. Mm -hmm. He is fast. He is, but... This team has been a four-player team up front for the most part this year. It's been the four guys that we always talk about, and I do think there's just some element to Sheldon Keefe saying, you know what, you guys pull them in. It's your team now. Chavares, you're the captain. Mitch and Marner, you both wear, you both wear or Matthews and Marner, you both wear A's. You're going to be out there all the time. You're going to be the one driving the bus, and I do think it's him maybe trying to put, I think, again, I don't think it's any one thing. I think there's definitely an element of what you're talking about of going, okay, well, we got to win this hockey game. I'm mm -hmm. throwing my best players out all the time. But I also wonder how much of it is he doesn't want to be sitting there telling, not, and we've seen him have the private conversations with Max Domi at practice, but I don't think it wants to be, he doesn't want the message to come from him solely and it should come from him. He's the coach, but he wants the players to lead things. What have we talked about again, to go back to baseball, not the blue Jays, but the Phillies, what makes them so special? It's that the players are talking all the time. The players are driving this. And I do think there's some element of that, of him saying, you know what? Go put your stamp on this thing. Drag these guys into the fight with you. I not that I would do it to be clear, but I think that's what's happening. Yep. That's part of it. I think. I and we're doing this daily, understanding what the the Sheldon Keefe unshackled from Kyle Dubas is, how how maybe the philosophy changes, how his mentality maybe changes, and it is early in the season here. Mm -hmm. But I can't get this thought out of my head that hey, do do the Leafs have a bunch of ill-fitting pieces? Yeah, probably. Like <laughs> Are they going to look better than they've looked so far in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi and John Klingberg? Yeah, I, I would I would say certainly Bertuzzi and Domi to a lesser degree. I think Klingberg kind of is what we thought he would be. Who's going to take the blame for those pieces not being the right fits? I'll tell you, it's, it's not going to be the guy that physically brought them in, mm -hmm. the general manager and his first kick at the can as general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's going to be the guy, despite the contract extension, that is behind the bench, and it's Sheldon Keefe. And the idea that you would feel that you would see a more unencumbered Sheldon Keefe mm -hmm. with the contract extension without the, the Kyle Dubas of it all, I think the opposite might be true, that you might see a guy who's a little more under the gun is more under pressure to win each and every night. I think the I think the fit thing is interesting because I'll be honest with Bertuzzi. I'm going to give a bit of a pass to. It's pretty clear he's dealing with something. I think it's without yeah. a shadow of a doubt they would have just called maintenance. But if, it's like maintenance of an injury. Like maintenance day to me is like, hey, I, like I need a little rest. Maintenance is not like injured. A little speck of dust in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you need the maintenance day for. I think I. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a hold on his fit question. Okay. I, I think that's going to be just fine with Matthews and Marner on that top line. And I also think that because of the element he has to his game of that nastiness, if you bump him down elsewhere, he can find a way to make it work. So I'm going to, I'm going to park that one for now. Klingberg, I think has fit 
exactly as expected, quite yep. frankly. He has done the thing that you expect him to do, and he has done the things you were afraid he would do. Now, to the fit point, I don't know who Brad Living envisioned him playing with. Maybe it was Jake McCabe. Uh, that was a bad fit, so got to find something else there. But I think that you can afford to have one, maybe two of those guys. You can't if it's built like the rest of this blue line, but I don't think he's necessarily the problem. It all goes back to Domi. And the fact that there is just not an obvious fit. And again, it feels like a reward for a player who does not deserve one right now. But the only place that everything else makes sense is if you put them up top with Matthews and, and Marner. And given how much Keefe is riding those guys into the ground right now, and given how hesitant he is to do that with Domi, rightfully so, I just don't see how that works. So honestly, not to say that, you know, Ryan Reeves is a perfect fit, but I get that. You can park him on a fourth line and that's fine. Domi is the one piece that doesn't fit. And I keep coming back to it because I want to reiterate it useful player not that he is a cannot win with them cannot have them guy Mm -hmm. but cannot fit with this group from what we've seen so far speaking of ice time i mentioned the what 25 minutes you're chuckling at something when did you come across well i've 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 been chuckling at the the brian reeves well we know the ice time is not going to be extended for Mm -hmm. ryan reeves right like he is man if he plays double digit minutes in a game this season that would Hey, if I put the over under at one and a half games that Ryan Reeves plays at least ten minutes, are you what are you, are you taking the over? Uh, yes, because there's going to be one or two right. rough Just, ones where yeah. it's like you go out there and police for the entire <laughs> third period, but barely. I, to your point, barely. Uh, is is not on the ice. Uh, in fact, he's averaging now fewer than eight minutes a game, and he's been on the ice for a lot of goals against. In fact. He's eighth in the National Hockey League in goals against per 60 at five on five. <laughs> and and yesterday wasn't even his fault, right? No. Like he was nowhere near the puck. No. So it, it's not all like, hey, Ryan Reeves is such a, a walking disaster when he's on the ice that, yeah, he can only be deployed in the offensive zone, which mm-hmm. apparently is is actually the case. Yep. Um, but it is... Man, we started this this season with the preview of what he brings and and being very positive and and talking about the things outside of of maybe the metrics that that he brings that are uh, not necessarily quantifiable to this Leafs team and how important it seems that, that his presence is to Austin Matthews and some of the other players on this mm-hmm. team. There is a a point though at which hey, if the guy steps on the ice and every time he steps on the mm-hmm. ice, there's there's a goal. Headed into the Toronto Maple Leafs net where that becomes untenable. I, I that it is remarkable how often in the limited sample that he's been on the ice, the Leafs have been scored against. Yeah, the other super concerning part of that is, with the exception of last night, those games have all been at home where you control the matchup. Right. Uh, just looking at it, obviously the vast majority of Reeves' shifts, like most players, start on the fly. He had nine of those last night, but he did have more defensive zone starts than he did offensive zone starts. Two okay. to one last right. night. Again, it's like you got to put him out there. If he's on the <laughs> team, you have to play him. And I just think that is... To the question about fit, you know, if David Kampf is the 3C and it is, you know, you know, Grunt X, who you have in there as your 4C, it's a very different conversation. You you use him in a different way. But with David Kampf being there, it just, again, it's to the to the fit question of it. I think that Brad Living really did feel like this team needed that shot in the arm. And I think the question we'll have all year long, and I'm not there yet by any means, but I think the question we'll have all year long is, 
could you have got that from Bertuzzi and Domi? Did you need the Reeves of it? And obviously those are, you know, quite frankly, three different animals as, as a player there. But I think that'll be kind of the question we have all year long. And honestly, it, it, there are going to be plenty of days that feel like this, where we talk about it in that way, but there, when this team looks tougher, and I think if it's going to look any different this year, that's mm. the way it's going to happen, that you have to lend some credence to that. You yeah. Do. You need to, lead and win some hockey games though. For sure. Or else it's well, like that's embarrassing. That's yeah, the other thing. It's embarrassing. Well, it goes back, honestly, it goes back to the very start of the show of, yes, it's like Ryan Reeves. Yes, he's been scored. The Leafs have got scored on when he's on the ice a lot. You know uh-huh. what would allow them to take care of that is actually having a lead in a hockey game at some point in time. Yeah, which again, they haven't done even one single time. In the, in the four games, they have not started the game with a lead. They've given up the first goal of the game in every single game this season. I, it's just... This is gonna be even the a, one game they won. They didn't. They didn't. Or one of the games they won, Montreal. They didn't lead it till they won it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And even the the wild game, like yeah. it looked like that was gonna that be, was the cake to be the one. Uh, and it, it ended up not being that. They are so, who we thought I mean, they were. Well, and I guess if you're gonna take a positive away, and maybe we should play the the Sheldon Keefe quote Good about time for it. Yeah, about the the positives from yesterday it was that they they were. Outside of the first period and a couple of goals from distance um, on Ilya Samsonov, it, it was a, a much stouter defensive game. I liked a lot about our game. You know, it's probably the best the, the best game that we've played in in terms of the quality of the game. It was it was tight, it was fast, it was competitive, uh, and I thought our guys hung in there. I thought defensively we did uh, did a nice job throughout the game. Didn't give up much at five on five. They scored two goals from distance and. and uh, didn't give up much else other than that. You know, obviously didn't do enough uh, to, to generate enough offense. So uh, you don't score, you don't win. That's the way, way, way it works. Yeah, they, they played the guy with the six goals 25 times a game. <laughs> or 25 minutes in the in the hockey game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the idea that the Maple Leafs would be able to create a third line that was more than a punt line, mm-hmm. well, that, that doesn't seem to be coming to fruition. But again, like positives, he's right. They gave up the, the two goals, and, and Ilya Samsonov, they, they didn't look great, and he made fun of himself at the end of the game or after the game mm-hmm. talking about, hey, I didn't see those yeah. pucks, and maybe I need some glasses. But he did. He bounced back nicely. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you got to be able to score two he goals in a hockey game. No, you got to be able to score two goals in a hockey game, I would say, and to, to Sheldon keeps his point as well outside of that clip that we just played. Yep. It was a step in the right direction for Ilya Samsonov. You feel a lot totally. better about that outing than the first two he had against both Minnesota and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, they 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 played a better responsible hockey game. They just didn't score enough, which now they've done in consecutive games. So yeah, you've had you've kind of run the gamut of of uh of narratives in the first four games. First two was, "Hey man, Boy, this is going to be a high-powered offense, but can they keep it out of their own net? Mm-hmm. And then the next two, it's yeah, is there depth of scoring here outside of the top four forwards? Obviously, Sheldon Keith wants his team to take steps in the right direction and have better games than worse. But in listening to that, a small piece of me thinks, why did they have to play decent in the second and third periods? Because mm. it does feel like he's ready to to lean into the group a bit, in my opinion. It feels like a guy who wants to use the lever that we all think he has available to him. He's already tiptoed a little bit in that direction. I do think this is a guy who's kind of ready to go harder at a team, but it's also you you can't do it after they played a solid game. You can't just, as a coach, you can't simply play the result and say, 
okay, we lost. Time to time. It's like, where was that after the Chicago game? Where was that after yeah. the Minnesota game? It's like that game was better. You can't do the thing there. So it's hey. much easier when you're the Oilers and Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, exactly. You, you have a couple you just of get games. A one shellac to a team that was the laughing stock of the. Somehow the Arizona Coyotes exist, and the Canucks had laughing stock moments of the league last year. So yeah, uh, not a good start there. And I, I honestly do wonder. Again, like Sheldon Keefe, obviously would much rather this start than the way Edmonton got going, but. I do wonder if he's kind of waiting for that to really drive it home. And I don't mean that to say he's sitting there at practice and going, this is all fine, everything's mm. great. But there's a difference between instilling your message and really kind of, you know, going at the team a bit. Yeah, I, I should this team be playing its depth players more? Should it just be throwing caution to the wind? And, and okay, they did it a little bit with Max Domi. Again, they, they bumped up his yep. minute totals despite the fact that this is not a guy that seemingly deserved to have his minutes boosted. Should they just be flattening out the ice time no matter what? Even if it's not the 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 best way to to win a hockey game when you have the best goal scorer on the planet and you're chasing the hockey game, you, you want them on the ice more often than not. Should they be saying that's all well and good, but it's game four of the season and we do have a bunch of new players who are still trying to figure it out, you know, what we're trying to do here and, and play with their teammates. Should they just be saying who who cares about results at this point? We're we're going to be in the playoffs no matter what. Let's 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 get some more time on ice and and some more different combinations and see what that looks like in game. I just think it goes to the players you feel that you have to protect or you have to be cautious of. And I don't mean that. I mean, I do mean Fraser Minton in that, but I'm not talking about his development. It's just, we saw it last night when Max Domi iced the puck and he got caught out there with Barkov and Hey, uh, you know, to Minton's credit, we'll talk about it forever. He went two of, Two, two and two in the dot yeah. against Barkov. What a legend. But you want to keep him out of those situations. And, okay, you look down the lineup. Gregor is a guy who maybe they feel comfortable pushing up a little more. You know, we're not we're not calling him top six Gregor or anything along those lines. Yeah, but, nine, 16. Uh, yes. But I think he's a guy that you can look at to do that. I think sure. there. But uh, it's not going to be Ryan Reeves. David, 642, by yeah, the way. Yeah, David Kampf, you can play more, but uh-huh. only once you take the lead in a hockey game. That's kind of his utility. That's what he does. Callie Yarncrock is a guy who we've seen this movie before. You could play him a little more, but he's not going to impact the game. He's not going to hurt you, but he's, mm-hmm. he's going to give you an honest shift. He's like a nice cog. He's not going to impact the game one way or another. So then it's okay. It's it's Max Domi and Matthew Nyes are kind of the two guys you're you're talking about there. And I've been banging the table. I'd like to see Nyes get, get more run here. And Domi, again, it goes back to the fit. I, I'd love for them to have an opportunity to play him more. But when he does not click with any of the players on the team, kind of hard to do so. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Matthews and Marner. Because, again, I don't I don't want him there. But I really do think that when, it, when you're just putting the pieces together of the puzzle, that allows everything to fit cleanest. But if that diminishes them in any way, shape, or form, because that's not the type of player who should be playing with them. They need a bigger guy. They need a heavier guy. And Domi ain't that. Feels like Kelly Yarncroak is is going to start Saturday back on the top line. I mean, it feels like we're headed in that direction. This way, the game finished, right? Yeah. And, and Tyler Bertuzzi has not clicked with that top line injury. Seemingly well, a big part. Because again, it. we go back to that Montreal game, and it wasn't like they were setting the world on fire by any means. But mm-hmm. they had some looks, they had some chances. There was the scrum hurled around the world when Austin Matthews actually yeah. engaged with someone. By the way, last night, just you know. It shouldn't matter, but it does. There's a scrum. Teams looking so much more engaged. And I'm going, wow, this is great. Look at the new Leafs involved in scrums. And Willie and Klingberg are standing there 
literally shoulder to shoulder just watching it. Yeah. And I, you are who you are. I'm not asking John Klingberg or William Nylander to go in there and punch a guy in the face. Could you pretend? Could you? You would need it, that. You need that eyewash. Would it kill you to just pretend to go in there and go, hey, who touched my goalie? Even honestly, just do it for me. You can go in and do it with exactly that voice, like the mocking David Clarkson voice, like, don't touch a water bottle. You can do that, but it would look good to me. I drove me nuts when I saw it. They are who they are. It is what it is. But man, it's for all this talk of new leaves, team toughness. Yeah. You got the two guys, and it's like, it doesn't help. They're the two Swedes just yeah. hanging out there. Great. Awesome. They, they and I love like each other. Of course they They're are like Winking each other. at each other. Yeah. <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> uh, Fraser Mitten, 847. Fairly well, Fraser. Like, it feels like it's, it's a matter of time here. I, and I think less so the development aspect of it. Um, I think he's he's learning a lot on the job. Mm-hmm. It, it It is noteworthy that Pontus Holmberg was absent yes. of Marley's practice yesterday and there was no media availability so nobody was able to ask about why that was but I I can probably infer what's going on there yeah Fraserman was it it was worth a shot and he he didn't like embarrass himself but yeah what's the point in having a 19 year old kid who you hope is going to be a big part of the future hanging around if he's if he's playing 847 and and maybe bump down into your your 4C slot. Uh, there is there's not the utility to have him if that's all you think he can be and he has not shown anything in the four games. Again, he hasn't shown anything to make me feel worse about him as a player, but he hasn't shown the incremental leaps you would think. The only way it makes sense to keep him here beyond the nine games at this point is if they feel like what they've seen, there is baby steps that allows them to see, oh, in January, this is a very different player. But I don't know that we've seen that yet. You would have, you need to have, again, it's not, it's not the same level of game I'm asking for when I talk about the Mitch Marner game. But I don't know. Could we have the Fraser Minton shift as opposed to where he, <laughs> he had the shift with he, the two shots oh, on go two of his you're right, three? You're right. But you want him to, you know, seal somebody hard on the board and get in there on a four check. And yeah. he's doing all of that well enough. But it goes back to the fit and Pontus Holmberg. Do we think it's going to look any different no. with Max Domi and Pontus Holmberg and Yarncrock or Nyes or Bertuzzi or whoever it is in that slot? It's not. So I still think the team, I still think there's a world where the team holds out hope or not, not hope, but he is at least giving us what Holmberg can. Yeah. And there's a chance he takes leaps as the season goes yeah, along. But all things being equal, right? Like, I, and it's not the biggest thing burning the first uh, year of the I, ELC. I go the other way. I actually, by, I'm not going to go full bore and say it is preferable to burn it, mm. but a small piece of me does think that there. They're going to be able to negotiate a contract with Matthew Nyes yeah. this summer. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, when he has a really nice 52-point season where we go, look at that, good horse, still way less than a point per game, take your $5 bucks or whatever it is. That That's the hope. That's the dream. And if they were in a position with that with Minton because mm-hmm. of a year, and that's, I don't think it's the end of the world. I, I really don't think teams look he, at it the same way anymore. I suppose. It's not like Fraser Minton at some point is going to be breaking the bank, I don't think. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. I mean, if if Tyler Bertuzzi needs to miss a game or two, I, I that's the problem with being a team as 
right up against the cap well, as hold the Leafs on. are. That's the problem with the cap because every team, <laughs> like honestly, well, this is a Leaf issue and not to say every team. I'm sure the Yotes could call up right. five, 15 bodies, but any competitive team is more or less in the same position that the Leafs are in in terms of jammed up against the cap. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I mean, because the Leafs have, have no uh, forwards in the press box no. right now. They have one human being and Simon Benoit, who I guess you could demote his 775K and call up Holmberg, who's making over 800. Like, I, I don't know. Is that it? Oh, uh, is that it? Can you do that? Like, Brendan Pridham got to find some, <laughs> some coins in the couch. I don't know how you do that because it doesn't feel like Bertuzzi is going to miss enough time to be put on LTIR. No, it's 10, 10 games and 24 days to go on LTIR. So I mean, that ain't happening. Yeah, this is a guy that played in the hockey game and, mm-hmm. you know, just a, apparently just needed a maintenance day, but, but needed more than that. And they're yeah. coming fast and furious here. Anyways, you got a couple of teams that are off to very middling starts in the Atlantic Division mm-hmm. meeting on Saturday. It's going to be a pretty interesting affair between the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see the emotion in that game, the angst, the anger, whatever you want to call it, because that's been such a story, right? Like Kucherov, he's just such a jerk. And the Leafs haven't had that among their star players. And I don't think Austin Matthews flipped a switch to the point where he's, you know, prime prime uh, Tom Wilson or anything like that in terms of physicality. But I'm curious to see if Ryan Reeves is going to make this team stand taller and him just being there by sheer presence does do anything. And Tyler Bertuzzi, even a banged up version, if there's some net more nastiness to him, I think that obviously I'm curious about the way the game unfolds. I'm curious about how the team plays, but I think in terms of just what I want to take away from it, the kind of feel of that game in terms of the physicality or the big brothering is something I, I'm very curious to see if, if this Leafs team is different, that's yeah. a good as game as I need to show you. And it's game five and they're going to be in the playoffs, but like some level of desperation or, Hey, you know, this is n- not the start. We no. envision. No, let's, let's look like the team we're supposed to be again, defending champion. Who would blame the, the Vegas Golden Knights for getting off to a slow start. They're the defending champs and had the, the shortest off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they come back, pick up another victory yesterday. Colorado Avalanche look like they're supposed to look. And I get it. The, yep. This Leafs team is going to look different at the trade deadline. But no, th- there's enough pieces here that you can look like the dominant force you're supposed to look against a team that is missing some key pieces also, it should be said, the, the Panthers. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, yeah, uh, the, just their best two defensemen. Yeah, that's, that's all. all. That's all. Anyways, we'll swing back around to, to the Leafs after uh, 7 o'clock, obviously. But when we come back, um, the Houston Astros leveling things with the Texas Rangers in the American League Championship Series and the Diamondbacks making it a series in the NLCS. I kind of had Blue Jays-related takeaways from both mm. of those games. Good baseball day yesterday. It, it was uh, in, in def, uh, different respects in those two baseball games. We'll talk about it. And more next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, the uh, dynamic duo of John Mulaney and Pete Davidson coming to Casino Rama Resort on November 9th. We are giving away tickets all week long. To enter, all you have to do is tune in to episodes of the Fan Morning Show. Listen for the code word 
then text the code word to 59590. Today's code word is SNL. It's more of a three-letter acronym acronym (laughs) than a word. But text SNL to 59590 right now to enter for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, secure your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. All right. I like the guy's screaming voice to text. No, not snail. No, no. <laughs> oh, S- you know what? N-L. That's an interesting point. That like so I should give some of the texters a break when they misspell that maybe it is a voice to text situation, I've, especially when we got homonyms. You know? Yeah, always like assumed. Okay, no, that's smart. I, I had not assumed that. Uh, I had assumed... It's the only time in life I give people the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Every other time, I assume both worst intentions and give no benefit of the doubt. I just assumed that uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs would continue to be routes and that we'd see, again, some Mm. short series in the championship series. Nope, not so much. Phillies lose in game three as the series shifted to Arizona and the Astros all the way back to even as the road team winning all four games with a 10-3 beatdown of the Texas Rangers. Okay, so baseball is meant to be played over the long sample, 162 games, get it? Like, mm-hmm. that there is an argument to be made that the best team, that's, hey, the marathon at the end of that, that is truly the, the best way we have of measuring who the best team is. But it's it, it playoffs... The way North American pro sports work is that you, you don't know, you don't have to say it like that. Uh, but I, it's not like a disparaging <laughs> it thing. It feels like it, and it's not like like me looking down my nose thing. Mm, a little bit. But it's yeah. The playoffs are how we judge these teams. And hey, we 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 got away from the one game wild card game. Bring it back. And then we had a best two out of three thing, but we gave the advantage to the home team, even though home field advantage means nothing. But like three games is like closer to something that resembles the regular season. Then like five games, yeah. the DS is like, oh, oh. I will say that seven games is 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 reflective way more of what we go through. hundred and six. You have to use four starters, right? Mm-hmm. So like you don't have to use five. But you, you have to use four, so you have your depth challenged a little bit. Plus, like, there's things to think about because it's not just, like, hair on fire, got to win every game. You do. Like, it's yeah. still you best of four, not best, like, first to 100 wins over 162. <laughs> but, like, there's an element of having to manage your bullpen, especially yeah. in a game like yesterday for the Rangers in which you're just getting tattooed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, you're not going to throw your best relievers nope. in a baseball game, even though you are capable of coming back because you have a great offense. Best of seven. Honestly, if if you want to have this many playoff teams in the playoffs mm. and you still want to have a representative champion at the end of the year and you, you want a better shot of those 100-win Braves and yep. Dodgers teams hanging around, you can't do it because, you know, we finite amounts of time here unless you do play like some playoffs at neutral sites or like only at warm Ew. weather stadiums Ew. have all the Ew. series be best of seven because best of seven actually kind of reminds me of baseball like that looks normal what yep. we're seeing here between the rangers and astros looks more like what i saw for six months so you ken burns and abnor Doubleday, can look down at the playoffs all you want i do hear what you're saying the idea of a seven game series is much much more representative but Guess what? 
Uh, the Minnesota Twins. I do not want to see them hosting a game should they still be playing. Uh, yeah, you know, I imagine they'd like to get back to a World Series at some point in time in their franchise's history. I do not want to see them playing a game where players are not just wearing toques and jackets, but like mitts and yeah. snow pants. I, I don't want that. And I absolutely, under no circumstances, want a Super Bowl-style World yeah. Series. It's gross. What have we talked about the whole... There have been many great things about this playoffs. But the one thing that has been like our lodestar, we keep coming back to, oh, sweet Citizens Bank Park, how we all wish we could be. Imagine t- imagine yeah. those fans shaking hands with their team saying, good luck in Miami, boys. No, cannot happen because of that. If you want to, now this I know would be sacrosanct to you. Yeah, you want to make the regular season 140 some odd games, well. then we can do that. Does that change our home run records? Does that change all of that stuff? How much does that matter to you? I'm here for that. But just because, like you said, we have both a finite time in terms of the calendar year mm-hmm. and, you know, our time on this earth that we cannot do it forever. We cannot have yeah. a 40-game you know postseason. You what? know what we can do? What can we do? You know what we can what? do? You what? What? Tell me. You know what we can do? If you don't, if the next next words out of your mouth are not the answer to the thing, I'm going to punch you. (laughs) What we can do. Thank you. You know what we can do? (laughs) Is we can play more scheduled double headers. Sure. Especially when the games don't last four hours anymore. Here for that. Oh, hold on. Are they, they're the, the seven innings? No. No, come on. Ugh. Give me that. Those are so sweet. Ugh. Seth, no. No, I, oh. You and I are the worst possible people to have this because we both love complete opposite things about yeah. it. You're like, the old timiness and it mattering and yeah. it lasting longer. Yeah. I'm like, give me. No, but I, I, I there's a lot of the changes right. that I like. And I like the the Ghost Runner on second base to start extra innings oh during my, the regular season. Oh, my God. I, 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 How I, did we not do that before? I, I, I feel like I'm on an island when it comes to the, the, the baseball hardos uh, in, in liking that. I like it. I like it. It's a different strategy, and it's the regular season. Listen, if <laughs> we you— We got places to be, people. Be, right. And you, you had nine innings to win the baseball game. Yeah, if, if, exactly. Okay. And it's still baseball, and it, both teams oh, get the— Actually, I'm going to spin zone it. It's better because now you get to invite the small ball and the old NL strategy and moving the runner over. There is like an an extra layer of of discourse that surrounds those games that end up in extra innings with ghost runners Mm -hmm. on second base. But no, uh, why can't we at least once a month have scheduled double headers on a weekend where you get, you know, your noon and then your four o'clock game or like just traditional double headers yep. where it's like, hey, you can be playing at noon and you can be playing like at three o'clock and, and be said and done yep. by six o'clock at night with two baseball games. And I guess there's a, a risk of injury. There's always a risk of injury. It's baseball. But I, I don't understand why we have to think about lopping games off the schedule. And I, I will say like as far as just an overall revenue generator, it, it's probably more... Financially beneficial to Major League Baseball to have more playoff well, just, games. Well, like, forget about forget about all the actual revenue of just like gate ticket. Yeah. They get to go to Sportsnet, Turner, whoever, and say, "Hey, you know the most valuable thing in yeah. our sport? Here's an extra ten of them potentially yeah. a, a season." And then what does that do? You know, like 
I because I, I'll admit when I hear as we talk about the doubleheader thing, uh, we all know baseball's union. It, somehow it's the only one that actually. Well, I guess the NBA player players union pretty powerful as well. But baseball, we know the we know the weight that that union holds. Of I wonder if the players will be able to would be willing able to sign on for that. But if you're able to say we're putting next much more money in the pool, I you know I know it's not a it's not yeah. a cap sport, so I don't know that it matters to the players as much in the same way. But yeah, that's a, that's an Schedule interesting aspect headers. of it as well. Schedule double headers. I I, I I would love to see me some scheduled double headers. I guess like if you're doing like the traditional double header, you are missing out on one gate because like one ticket yeah. gets you two games. I don't know. Whatever. That's the easy easy way instead of Whoa. lopping off ten games yeah. at the end of the the season. You just once a month, I mean six months. That's six games right there that I just saved you. That's a the week of baseball yeah. that I just saved you. Once a month playing one doubleheader. I think these guys can do it. You know why? Because they play doubleheaders. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I I do. I just I do wonder what the machinations of all that in terms of the union and getting them a degree and what can you give them and all that. Yeah. yeah. They, okay. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, if, if ruining they, if, it, I if know. If they want baseball to be most representative and more seven game series they'll agree to it well and that's the thing it's like i you know you go ask all the players very different answers there right i imagine some guys would say you know what's most representative of the thing i like is the season being over yeah. like they're <laughs> you, look we've had this they're pro athletes they love what they do but it's also a job at the end of the day and going up to these well, guys and saying would you like to have two more days of work would you? Is that interesting to you? Well, a five game to a seven no, game the, series. The guy. Hey, listen. The those players that play for the Pittsburgh Pirates are like, hey, your season ends a week early. If you, if, <laughs> would, would, would you rather work on three, baby? <laughs> would you? So there's. I I know some people who, who work ten hour workdays, yeah. right? Would you rather oh. do four ten hour oh, workdays or five? There's eight, like some eight people hours. at Sportsnet who like uh, you know like assignment desk people that used to be their schedule. I don't know what it is now, and I remember talking to them. I'm just like, oh, that is amazing. Four day oh, work yeah. weeks. I oh. I'd I'd way rather get it over well, with. Well, they did make us do an extra hour of work and we both, uh, like, we're on the Yeah, but that wasn't like, it. hey, you guys do an extra hour, you don't have to work Friday. That was That's like, yeah, true. you are. You're also, you know what you're doing? <laughs> working five days and you're working an extra hour. You're right. Yeah. No, I, I, I've I, oh. always been of the belief that I just want to get Very it much done. So. I would do For more sure. to get it done Gladly. early. So, yeah, baseball players should see it my way. Uh, I see it through the eyes of, of a a person that watched the Blue Jays for six months, this postseason, that is, mm-hmm. as I imagine many Blue Jays fans do. Mm-hmm. And I look at the pitching matchup in, in game four of that ALCS as well, Andrew Haney and and Jose Urquidy. Mm-hmm. And Haney had a decent regular season. Urquidy had an ERA yeah, over five. Do I, I, Am I misremembering? I feel like the Jays have always been, like, vaguely linked to, to Haney. Yeah, yeah. They, they were hot in his okay, head, on so, his yeah, tails, yeah. and he decided to go to the Rangers instead of the Blue Jays, which has worked out uh, swimmingly for him. Mm-hmm. Finds himself in an American League yeah, championship not, series. And th- it's just so funny with Jays pitching to talk about. It's like, yeah, they didn't get him, and it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. No, because their depth of staff was real, real good. Anyways, Haney only got two outs yesterday. You know who the, the who would have had a better shot of of uh, fielding a, a pretty high caliber starter in Game Four of a postseason series? The team with like the depth of starting pitching. Mm-hmm. That's the Toronto Blue yep. Jays. I, again, you're talking about extending these series at least in and probably not in the wild card round, but at least the division series. So it wouldn't have affected the Blue Jays. So anyways. it wouldn't have mattered at all. <laughs> but this is. I mean, what we're watching here between two teams and the Astros last year were this. They had all those, they had starting pitchers yep. on starting pitchers and they had starting pitchers coming out of the bullpen. They had starting pitchers parachuting out of the sky. Was Everyone was a starting pitcher. 
but this year less so. And the Rangers, obviously, less so. And part of that is injuries, losing yeah. Jacob DeGrom for the season and having to go out into the trade market at the deadlining. Acquire a couple of starting pitchers. Never the Blue cut Jays, his hair. The Blue Jays would have had such an advantage to, if they had gotten to this part of the postseason where you can go... You know, you're Kevin Gossman, Jose Barrios, but then you can go your Chris Bassett and Yusei Kikuchi. Well, and more, perhaps more importantly, not to revisit it, you're not burning Kikuchi in that spot, right? If it's a, if you're going to need him in a, it's, again, we don't need to do the revisionist thing, but it's like, it's a very different thing of if you need him to put out a fire mm-hmm. as if you need him to execute part of a plan. You're going to need him later in that series, more representative baseball to your point. So, yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, it's also interesting that uh, Jordan Alvarez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. were part of the same rookie class. Remember that? Yeah. They were like, oh, no. I, I, which yeah. one Which one was supposed to be Miguel Cabrera? <laughs> yeah. I almost called him Miguel Cabrera Jr., but no, uh, that's just Vlad. No, no uh, Jordan Alvarez is is Lil Poppy. Yeah, no, he's, he's really, really <laughs> good. Uh, he was rookie of the year, deservingly so, in 2019, despite playing... Only 87 games, and my... That's what happens when you mash. Goodness, is he having a postseason, as he had a postseason career with an OPS of uh, of 922. He's he's quite good. But yeah, that series is good. I, and I'm, I'm glad, because those are two teams that are very, very similar. I think finished with the exact same number of wins. Um, and Hate the, each other? Yeah, they, uh, building rivalry. I mean, when you play each other 13 times a season when you're in the same division, there's naturally going to be um, some animosity there. Yeah, I was also thinking about the Blue Jays watching the game three of the NLCS and the Diamondbacks. Aren't we all? Getting off the mat uh, as they cut the series lead to 2-1 as Brandon fought was a dealing. Yeah, he looked great. Really good. And guess what happened? Is it 70 pitches? Guess what he wasn't allowed to do? Face a very potent Phillies lineup for a third time. Guess what happened immediately upon his removal from the baseball game? They gave up a run. Now it was like, oh. They almost got out of that thing. They got the double play, and the wild mm-hmm. pitch ends up. Sc- but you know what? They also won the game, so it mm-hmm. becomes way, 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 way less of a conversation. But don't again. You need to get out of your myopic Blue Jays uh, view of Major League Baseball. The Blue Jays are doing something that is just hey, it's them and it's Kevin Cash and the Tampa Bay Rays. Like it is pervasive across Major League Baseball that despite how good a starting pitcher looks, that there is a penalty to be paid multiple times through the batting order. And and these teams do not believe that past performance is indicative of future results when it comes to starting pitchers third time through the order. Yeah, I, I that that's all fair to point out. I also think it must be pointed out that, um, you know, for as dangerous as that Twins lineup proved to be at certain points in time, mm. they ain't the Phillies who yeah. swat everything to the moon it's also deeper into the game it's not the what was it 42 pitches yes. I, I know i want to be no clear. you're right you're not saying it's an it's an apple to apple comparison they are different animals but i just think that that's the part of this that has to be highlighted is that not to take anything away from the twins they're just they're not the phillies offensively i mean if you and not that a lot of teams don't have these scariest splits but it's i think they're over a thousand ops the third time through the order the phillies have been so far now part of that is the phillies they they would hit Nolan Ryan in his prime if you brought him out and let him go a third time through the order. They're just mashing everything right now. But yeah, pretty different scenario. But to your point, it's obviously talked about very differently because, you know, they won the game. Yeah, they won the baseball game, which, yeah, 
Uh, did uh, did any former Blue Jays do anything in that game? Yeah, or well, that's a big knock. Yeah, and well, well and, and and the other one, yeah. Uh, Gabriel Moreno had an opportunity to come through as a rough looking yeah. strikeout there. He swung a, a breaking ball well outside the zone. But yeah, we we do we don't talk that much about the Lourdes Gurriel Jr. side of the the trade because he's. A pending free agent because he didn't have like an overwhelmingly great, great season. He was an all-star this year for the Diamondbacks. He also hit 24 home runs. He's also right-handed. Like it would have, he could have helped. You think? <laughs> he could have helped. He's he's a capable, capable baseball player, above average offensive baseball player. Yeah, his, his defense is... Uh, is no great shakes there, despite the fact that he's been nominated for Gold Gloves, which has been more of a joke than 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 people uh, acknowledging him as a as mm-hmm. a good defender. But yeah, no, that 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 guy is contributing also in the postseason. Almost had a, a highlight reel uh, swim move. Yes, uh, at home plate didn't end up coming through in that moment. But no, this is an element of the trade that maybe gets lost to history because he's not. He's not an over. He's not going to be on that Diamondbacks team no, for the no, next no. decade, haunting the Blue Jays, unless maybe they re-sign him. Uh, it still won't happen. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Blue Jays have an opportunity to bring him back this offseason if, in fact, they decide to go down that route. But no, that 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 is that shouldn't be just totally discounted. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in this season, in which the Blue Jays had no depth mm-hmm. on on their roster outside of the starting nine that they were playing, that that, that guy could have filtered in. Oh, you you think he could have helped a little? The guy who at various months in his Blue Jays tenure carried this team, this guy who would hit 400 for weeks at a time. Yeah, you think they could have used that? And again, it's, you know, it's revisionist history. It's the pendulum swinging the exact other way. On that dour team where everyone was upset all the time, yeah, maybe they could have used, uh, you know, a little injection of life again. The, it was the thing they were trying to get rid of. But it's not even what he did this year. Just go back to what he was as a Jay. He carried your offense for months. Month, and I don't want to overstate it. It would be a month at a time. But guess what? If you're doing that out of a guy who's supposed to be your six hitter, pretty, pretty valuable thing. Uh, maybe the last doubleheader of the postseason. Tonight, uh, Astros Rangers get it started at 5 o'clock on Sportsnet 1. Uh, the pivotal Game 5 of the series. Series all tied up at twos. And uh, Game 4 in Arizona. Diamondbacks trying to get to lev- uh, level with the Phillies in the NLCS after 8 o'clock as well on Sportsnet. All right, when we come back... Get back into the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, have a look at where the cupcakes are on the schedule. And uh, a couple of them may have just passed. And the Leafs only go on 500 against them. Uh, and we'll also get you set. They're for... going to be like vegan sugar-free cupcakes, though, because <laughs> John Tavares is in charge. That's true. Uh, we'll get you set for the, the full slate of uh, week seven of the NFL season with Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.